You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 260. I'm Tim Robertson, and there's David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. You know, uh, exactly two weeks from now, we'll be uh, together. <laughs> I was going to... <laughs> I, I hope it. I hope it doesn't become like a, one of those kind of road trip movies. I don't the know. Kind of I, I, yeah. Well, as long as it's like the quirky one, not the dead hooker in the uh, in the heat, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. That that yeah. would be the bad kind of road trip movie. Absolutely, because it's funny to watch those, but it's not funny to be in them. No, I would imagine not. It's it's not the Hangover. No one's getting kidnapped. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, David and I will be together in uh, two weeks for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Woodstock, Illinois for MacStock. So if you have not picked up your tickets and you're able to go, you should really do so by visiting MacStockExpo.com. Or if you just go to MyMac.com or TechFan.com, there is a little square 125 by 125 banner on the right-hand side of both of those websites that will take you there as well. And I will put a link to uh, the expo or the show in uh, the show notes for episode 260 of Tech Fan. I'm looking forward to it, David. There's a lot of people going to be there, and uh, it's always nice to get together. Yeah, I think um, I think it's it is going to be really good, and I would advise anybody who's going to be in the area to come, even if you don't want to meet up. <laughs> yeah, just hang out out front. Yeah, think that, exactly. Don't don't let us put you off. Is what I'm trying to say. No, because um, uh, there's plenty of other they, interesting people. We, there. They they could like protest the event. I don't know why, yeah. but they could. We we could we should organize like four or five people to stand outside the door with anti tech fan banners. <laughs> Well, we could, we had one of those anyway this week, so uh, he could come out and complain about our subject matter. And that's going to be um, in our feedback section, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we we've got so much feedback. Yeah, and uh, before, but just before we get onto that, let me just say I'm not criticizing um, that person in particular or anyone else who shares his sentiments. No, 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 All neither. feedback, positive or negative, is much appreciated. Absolutely. And uh, I love the guy, so I'm I'm glad he wrote in with his opinion. So, yeah. uh, let's get to that a little bit later. Let's start with some tech stuff first. Um, the first bit of tech stuff was I was on another podcast this week. I felt like I was cheating on you, David. Well, you know what? You've got it out in the open. We can maybe spend some time in therapy and, and kind of work through it together. So, this is a um, new show. Um, it's called The Essential Apple Show. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I did episode... It's not a new show. What am I talking about? Uh, I did episode number 71 of the Essential Apple podcast called Aren't We All Just Tech Fans? Uh, clever name. I like that. I wonder where Ooh, they got that I like it, from. yeah. yeah. Uh, it, was, it was an hour and 21 minutes. It was a long show, but it was a lot of fun. It was me. Um, obviously, you know, I was one of the invited guests. Another invited guest that joined host uh, Mark Chapel was Gazmas from the MyMac podcast. That was cool. cool. So, yeah. so kind of MyMac invading uh, the essential Apple podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll put a link in uh, the show notes, by the way. Anybody who would like to go listen to me cheating on David Cohen, uh, <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's they're, um, um, they're quite prolific podcasters as well so um they've got a lot of shows up there so mm-hmm. plenty of stuff to listen to you know one of the reasons that david and i started tech fan was you know look we both had done the my mac podcast for many years um I left it to start uh, OWC Radio, who, by the way, is our sponsor this week. Thank you very much, Other World Computing. Uh, and then when that ended, uh, the first time around, David and I started up TechFan. And the reason we didn't call it something Apple or Mac something is because we wanted to kind of broaden our horizons on what we're talking about. And, you know, the last few shows that we've done, especially with the feedback we've gotten, David, we definitely have done that. But it's still yeah, nice to be able to go back and, and focus on one thing like Apple. And uh, I think it was a good show. Uh, I've listened to part of it back so far, but I talk way too much at the beginning, so I was boring myself and stopped listening. <laughs> Can't help it sometimes. I guess when you got things to say, you got things to say. So as you know, David, I get a lot of different products sent my way for review. And... Mm-hmm. Two things came this week, and I'll be honest, one of them I haven't even touched yet other than to charge. The other one I've played a little bit with, but not enough to give a full-blown review. But I thought I would talk about these just a little bit. The first thing that I've played with um, is a Sony Xperia XA unlocked phone. This is Android. Okay. It's a five-inch screen. Uh, Comes with a 13-megapixel camera and an 8-megapixel forward-facing camera, uh, 2300 battery. You know, it, it's uh, $279 on Amazon. That's, that's cheap for a kind of a mid-range phone. It is, and it's unlocked. This is yeah. unlocked You can for the U.S. market, obviously. Or any GSM. Well, no, I, I guess I was going to say, if it's unlocked, it'd probably be unlocked for everything. As long as it's GSM. You'll be able to use it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most places are GSM. So far, Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit impressed with it, to be honest. Um, I don't particularly like the Sony junk they put on there, the skin, if you will, which you can't really turn off. I wish, that's the one thing I wish you could do with these Android phones, is get rid of the junk stuff that the manufacturer puts on there on top of Android. So you can have a pure Android experience, which I think is better. I, I guess to do that, you'd have to flash the ROM with something else that kind of basically wipes that stuff away. Yeah, and no one's going to yeah, do you that. Know. Well, yeah, some people do it, but it's not um, it's not for the faint of heart. If you get it wrong, you can break your phone. And and I suppose there's one, one of the problems nowadays is that um, a lot of the kind of the fancy stuff that, that are built into these phones, you know, particular camera apps or... Um, I noticed this one's got the adaptive charging and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff might not work if you don't have the uh, the Sony ROM on there. So um, that's the kind of the, the balance. But it is annoying that they decide they have to reinvent the whole interface just because it's theirs. It's it, this is a nice phone. I like the fact that I can open the SIM card and uh, SD card tray with just my finger. You just mm-hmm. it, it just pops right open. It feels really kind of flimsy when you open it, but you don't keep it open other than putting an SD or a, uh, the other card in there. It, it's it's got a physical button for the camera. That's kind of nice. Yeah. To be honest. Um, yeah. 
I'm trying to figure out what else I, you know, the thing is I have, you know, I've charged it twice. I let, um, Brittany play with it a little bit cause she's got an old four S mm-hmm. the home button doesn't work. So she had to turn on accessibility to be able to control it a little bit better. Yeah. She, she needs a new phone. And at one point, maybe a little over a year ago, she had talked about maybe going Android instead of iOS. She thought maybe she would like that more. And I think that's just because a couple of her friends had Android. And, you know, you see they've got something and it looks kind of cool. Maybe I'll go with that next. But I haven't talked to her, but I handed this to her last night while her and Julie were watching the the U.S. swimming and and some track stuff for in preparation for the Olympics. Uh, Julie's way into watching the Olympics trials and stuff. All right. And I handed it to Brittany. I said, here, play with this. It's brand new. I still have to do a review on it. But this is um, coming from Amazon, which means it's it's mine to keep. I don't have to send it back. Yeah. And if you want this when I'm done with my review, you could just use this phone. Now, all I have to do is get a SIM card for it because I don't think the one in her 4S will work in here. So, no, I think the because it's a nano sim, isn't it? And the 4S yeah. uses a slightly larger yeah. sim. But I, yeah, you just have to change. Yeah, I just sure go up to her, AT&T and yeah, get a they, new they sim. Yeah, they would give and, you a yeah, new sim for the, the same number, yeah. Yep. Uh, I haven't talked to her yet if she wants to do that or not. I got a feeling she's probably not going to want to, which means, um, you know, a new iPhone is in her future. <laughs> and that's fine with me. I would rather her have an iPhone um, from my personal preference, but it's, it's going to be her phone. So if she wants to go with Android, I'm fine with that too. Uh, But if she has problems or she wants certain apps, well, I, you know, she just uses our iTunes account. She could download a whole bunch of stuff that I've already paid for. Whereas if she goes with Android, she's pretty much starting from scratch. I mean, I've, I've got some other Android phones. Uh, I've got some apps for them, but then she still couldn't use those because she would have to sign into my Gmail account, my Google account. And I don't want her to do yeah. that because it's tied to an email address and, you know, yeah. our shared notes and all that kind of stuff. So she really would be starting from scratch if she goes with Android. Uh, I, I, I haven't used an Android phone for a few years now, so I don't know kind of how good the latest version is. It's not bad. Um, it's not great. Yeah. I think iOS is still ahead in many respects. But... If you're coming into a cold, you know, this is not too bad. I think this is Android 601 Marshmallow, I believe. Uh, right, yeah. It's probably on here. So. Yeah, which is which is the latest one that's currently available. Yeah, it's they've, 6.0. They've just, announced, they've just announced the next one, which is going to be Nougat, but that's not um, that's not out yet. So Right. Uh, and, of course, this is one of the downsides is you're taking a, a crapshoot when you buy a phone from anybody about you know whether you'll ever be able to update it from what's on there um which is 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 one of the annoying things about the android ecosystem you're reliant on the manufacturer to do it for you you're not um, not able to just go to google and download it yeah well i tell you i you know i fired this phone up i'm i've got it in my hand i'm kind of looking at it right now uh i fired this up this morning and uh there was an update from sony on here and of course the only thing it updated was sony's crap yeah, that's, that's like really that's the thing. Yeah, and I know Android six hundred one is out, and yet I don't see how to update this phone to six hundred one. 
Yeah, but I, I will say this for Sony, though. They didn't load it with a whole bunch of bloatware. There's only a couple little things on here. Uh, yeah. The PlayStation app is on here. Uh, there's a drawing program. i got to put my glasses on. I'm half blind. Um, yeah, music, album, video. That's all standard stuff. But it's this Xperia thing that they put on here. and Yeah. So I, one thing I don't like is if you swipe to the left, it has, um, you know, where you could search, but it, it has these what's new and it's like games and stuff like that. But you could tell some of these are like sponsored. I know Apple's yeah. going this route as well. I don't, that kind of bothers me a little bit. Oh, I need to tap yeah, they've, up they've done, they've done a fairly robust job in defending that. Um, we'll see how it goes, really. I, I guess, yeah, the purist in me kind of thinks I, I'd, I'd like to just always see search results and not have somebody kind of, you know, fiddle the search to try and promote their thing. But I, I guess people have got to make money. Hmm. We'll see. Well, I don't know why this is setting up in uh, Celsius. Because that's clearly the proper way it should be done. But you would think it knows that I'm in the U.S. It would uh, it would default to yeah. It doesn't matter. I could change that later, maybe. Yeah. I don't know how because it's I don't see where oh, well, settings. How how is the kind of fit and finish of things? Because I, I mean I've got to be honest. I don't think Sony are, are anywhere near leaders in the market for Android phones. You know, no. Uh, but I haven't used all Android phones, so I can't compare it with a lot of them current ones that just came out that being said it feels pretty good man yeah um you know there's a model above this so but it's like 700 bucks yeah so this is like like the the middle the middle range yeah um i'm just trying to figure out yeah i don't know this is kind of weird it's uh i don't like how android just throws so much crap up in the menu bar Mm-hmm. How do how do you click any of those things? They're too small. I mean, I'm clicking up there, and nothing's happening. I think I, th- I think you pull down from the top, and then but no, then get it's just my notifications. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have. Isn't there a? I, the last time I used Android, I seem to remember you could access a lot of the settings type things from there as well. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm used yeah. to with my other one, and it's not yeah. doing it. Maybe they changed it with um, Marshmallow. I, I don't know. I gotta I play. I gotta. I got to play with it, but initial impressions without actually putting a sim in it and using it or anything like that. So far, it's not bad. So the, I mean, the the real question for me at this sort of price point, you're below um, an iPhone SE. Yeah, you are. Um, you're well, but certainly well below like the market leading um, Samsung Android phone. So the question for me is: is it is it is it one of these things where for Forty percent of the price, you're getting eighty percent of a of a Samsung Galaxy. I would probably say, from an uneducated standpoint, just playing with it for literally a day and not even yeah. a full day yet. Yeah, yeah, for the okay. price. So that's not bad. That's not that's, bad at all. But here, here's value. something that throws a wrench into the potential of what Sony's offering here and other low cost, entry level, or even mid level phones. 
is Amazon has announced that they're going to have advertised sponsored deep discounts on Android phones. So you can get a phone. It would be ad supported. So you would pay a lot less. Now we talked about this on the essential Apple show and there Mark's initial impression was I have to watch an ad before I could do anything with my phone. I don't think that's what it is. I don't think anybody would, you know, stand for that. I think they're going to do exactly what they do with the Kindle. It'll be a static image of some kind of an advertisement, but it goes away as soon as you unlock the phone. And and you know what, David, for a lot of people, look, 279 bucks for this phone is not a lot of money in our opinion, but in a lot of people, especially in developing nations, that's a ton. That's a boatload of money. Yeah. But if you could get the same phone that has an ad on the lock screen, for let's say forty nine ninety nine, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think it's I think it's a way to bring good technology that everybody needs and wants at an affordable price. Is there a trade off? Yes, but I don't think it's a horrific type of trade off. The the only thing is at the moment I'm seeing um, only a fifty dollar discount for for those phones. Yeah, so so this one would so be two twenty nine. Yeah, that's yeah. So enough. it needs it needs to get a lot cheaper than that, or mm-hmm. anything for it really to take off. Maybe uh, an etched advertisement on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and every 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 uh, every week they come out, they send you a new back that you have to change it for. Yeah, you have to. Because yeah. because that that <laughs> that offer as well is only available for Prime members, so you're already paying for Prime. Yeah, to get there's that. the fifty bucks right there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, how it goes. Yeah, I I think it's a step in the right direction as far as making expensive mobile phone technology more affordable. Yeah. So we'll see. I you know, I think it's something definitely if look, let's be honest, if this catches on and a lot of people go this route and the advertisers out there see a big uptick in sales because of this, you're gonna see even bigger discounts on phones. You know, more advertisers would jump on this. Now, you will never see this on an Apple device, ever. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But having said that, there's a, a really thriving market in secondhand iPhones. That's true. Um, you know, and a lot of people buy older iPhones to try and get into the Apple ecosystem at a cheaper price. Uh, the other product that I'm reviewing, or I'm going to review, and this is the one that I haven't even opened yet, is the uh, motor? Well, I've opened it and there it's charging. It's completely charged up. You know what? While I talk, I'm going to unplug this and bring them over here so I can kind of look at them. Is the Motorola Ver- Verve One completely wireless and waterproof? No, I don't have. It's, I don't have the Verve Verve One Plus. That's weird. Where I can sign up to get products for free. Yeah. The product page goes to the the Verve One's Plus. But the ones yeah. they sent me is that's not it. It's just the Verve One. The only difference is um, the Verve One is not waterproof. That's right. the only okay. difference. So I have the non-waterproof ones. So these are earbuds, and it and it ships in this little tube that's a, the charging dock, right? Yeah. So these are completely wireless earbuds, and uh, yeah, complete. Well, so that means they're effectively they're like two hearing aids. There's no what because well, I have some wireless earbuds but they have a cable that runs between each one which means they're not really wireless (laughs) but these ones are completely wireless i'm putting them the the right one in my right ear right now yeah huh you know what they're a lot lighter than i thought they were going to be um 
I guess I should take this little piece of plastic off the speaker part itself. Um, they're really small. Yeah. Well, they're they're maybe two times the size of the the standard Apple ones, if that. Maybe one and a half times. They're thicker, that's for sure. But it comes with two. They're kind of neat. The little charging port. I got to pull this off. Okay, so they, I, I kind of think these are kind of neat, man. Yeah. Uh, it says it gives about four hours of playtime, uh, and then you have to charge again, which eh. That's not all. Well, no, well, on, on the Amazon, well, on the Amazon page could be wrong because when you click on Verve ones, it actually takes you to the same waterproof ones. But on there, the little kind of comparison table says they get twelve hours. Mm. Oh, with a charge case. Well, I've you got the charge, charge case. case. You got the charge case? Yeah. The um, yeah. Yeah, I think this is the charge case. Okay. What's say? Uh, yeah, yeah, this is a charge, charge case. case. So it's, I guess the idea is you, you leave them in there when you're not using them, and that charges the bat little battery in the, actually in the earbuds. So the 12 hours will be topping them up with, with that. I guess the four hours will be just if you never charge them. Here's the, here's the neat thing. This charge case that I had uh, plugged in, it was charging the buds. Yeah. It's this little uh, tube, and you can rotate the tube so it's just a tube. You don't even see the headphones in there. Mm-hmm. So it protects them. That's kind of cool. I, I kind of think that's a good idea. Um, again, I haven't paired these with anything. I haven't played any music through them. Um, you know what, David? Let's let's do that while we're sitting right here. First sure. test. So you know, pulling I, them out I of the charge say, case is pretty I'd say I have a pair of over-the-ear Motorola headphones, Bluetooth, that were the... Uh, that, but I bought those probably about five, six years ago when they were um, – yeah, it would have been six years ago, when, really when Bluetooth headphones weren't much of a thing. And I bought them from Amazon, and they were they were pretty cheap as well. And I have to say, I've always been really impressed with them. They've always been really good. Uh, it's telling me it needs to ch- uh, pair, so I'm going into Bluetooth. First time, okay, Verve 1s sees, sees it right on my iPhone. I just hit pair. It says paired. Uh, a little voice is talking to me in the headphones. Now, David, I'm not going to be able to hear you for a second. I hit the wrong okay. button. I'm not going to be able to hear you because i got to take my headphones off that I'm using to talk to you to put both of these in. All right. Then. It just said less than one hour of playtime. What the hell is that about? Um, okay, so I'm going to take my headphones off. I can't hear you now. I've got both of them in my ear. Now... Uh, just comfort wise, I'm pushing them in a little bit. Just comfort wise, they they feel pretty good to be honest. So let me go to uh, I got a playlist that says let's see the very best, and uh, let me go to a song that I know. These are when I say the very best, it's stuff that I really like, and it's really it's the gamut of music. I try to get a little bit of everything, so I'm gonna go to Manish Boy from Muddy Waters. See what this sounds like, and now it's starting to play. I gotta, eh? Let me scroll through a little bit. Uh, I gotta push them in a lot more because they sound like crap. Right. I'm uh, talking. To you can't hear me. And that's enough for now. Okay. Yeah. Put my headphones back on now. I can hear you again, David. Uh huh. Honestly, uh, that sounded pretty good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, one thing I don't like, you have to put these back in the case, the little charging thing, left and right. Oh, I see what happened. I had these charging. 
I thought yeah. they weren't charging because it had a little clear film uh, over the charging port. So that's why it said that it's only an hour left. <laughs> okay. I guess that's why you're supposed to read the manual. I didn't look at the manual at all for these. All right. Um, let me plug these in so they actually get a charge. I, I do, I'm not, I've said this before. I'm not a fan of in-ear earbuds, right? Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. That being said, once I pushed them in a little bit farther, then feels comfortable to me anyways. Most people would be fine with it. They sounded pretty good. Yeah. I, I there was some bass. The staging sounded pretty good. And I only listened to, what, 15 seconds of the Muddy Water song, Manish Boy. Yeah. I don't know if you know that song. I love that song. I, I'm not familiar with it. You are. You just don't know it. Um, you probably don't recognize the name here. No. I know. I've heard the name, but I don't. I couldn't place the song, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you know that song. I know that song. Everybody knows that song. They just don't realize that's Muddy Waters and the name is is Manish Boy. Um, Anyways, it's kind kind of neat so far. I mean... Interesting. Here's the thing, though. $250. Yeah. That's a lot of money. But the thing is, as I say, these, this type of technology where all of a sudden the wires disappear between them and they're independent is is kind of an up-and-coming thing. There's been a whole load of Kickstarters for these sorts of things. So clearly this is the way that Bluetooth headphones are going, earphones are certainly, um, which means the price will come down. And we're just paying a um, you know, kind of premium early for, the, premium for these yeah, yeah. at the moment. And, you yeah. know, with all the rumors swirling that Apple's going to introduce a no headphone jack iphone you yeah. know more than likely these type of headphones and earbuds and you're going to see a, a huge uptick in sales in those things but i think yeah. I, I, let's be honest you're right i have seen the same type of headphones or ear pods or whatever you want to call them earbuds I've seen Kickstarters on these quite a bit. I get emails from companies all the time saying, hey, we want you to talk about this. And you think yeah. it's a real product and no, it's just a Kickstarter. And you're like, Ugh, I'm not, I, I don't bother with Kickstarter stuff when it comes to even thinking about promoting something. It's vaporware at this point. Yeah. Release it as an actual product. If you want me to review it, fine, send me a copy or, or you know, the headphones uh-huh. uh, or one of our reviewers. And then we'll go from there. But, I, you're not getting any promotion from me of a Kickstarter. That's not what we do. Yeah. But 250 bucks. I, I think that's probably my initial thought is it's a hundred dollars too much for what you're getting. But yeah, the we'll problem see. is at that price point, you can get some really good quality wired or or even some Bluetooth over the ear headphones. Some so fantastic you, ones. Yeah. 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 That yeah. that's. But if you're out jogging. Would this be? I don't think it would be a good fit. Here's the thing: when you look at them, they look like a normal earbud. But when you think of Apple's headphones, you know how the wire goes down, so the L shape yeah. of the earbud goes down. With these, mm-hmm. the controls and all that actually go up, right? Which is kind of strange. And it did I, come I, with a whole bunch of different, uh, you know, the little plastic rubbery yeah. things on the end. I think that's the thing: is everyone is a different, and also as well. I would, if if I were designing those things, I'd put virtually no controls on them. I I would say you've got to use your device to do that. I think most people are going to go jogging and going to use either a you know kind of a, an iPod Nano with um, 
with Bluetooth on it or maybe a watch or something like that. I can't imagine many people are going to... I know some people do kind of strap their um strap their iPhones to to a shoulder to a kind of a shoulder or a or a bicep thing but right. really for me if you you're either going to set it running and just leave it running or alternatively you you're going to you know want something you can reach on your wrist or something for the controls um I I I've used quite a lot of different bluetooth headphones and I always hate having to reach up to my head and start trying to figure out the uh figure out the the controls and the kind of buttons is normally I've, i have a plantronics in-ear headset that has about five or six different buttons on and i can never remember what any of them do <laughs> charging time is like 30 to 40 minutes on these I, that's reading. the beauty of all these little tiny devices i keep explaining this to to uh my wife because she she kind of gets in the habit of sticking her apple watch on our uh, kind of pet shared charger in the bedroom and then when i come in a couple of hours later and and i take it off to put mine on she goes oh well my my watch won't be charged and i said the battery's tiny in there it takes about an hour to charge yeah yeah um so this is some of the description um i don't have the waterproof ones because the first thing it says sweat and waterproof earbuds uh, i don't have the the one Verge One Verve One Plus. I don't know why they're not listing the ones I have. I mean, they're the comp- It's Amazon that sent it to me. Yeah, it's a glitch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it usually ships within two to five weeks, which tells me it's a brand new product. Yeah, uh, completely wireless stereo earbuds, up to twelve hours playtime with charge case, deep right HD sound, and Siri and Google Now compatible with two mics for clear calls. So it's got two mics in here. That's kind of nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll see. You know, as time goes on, uh, probably by the next show, I'll have used these enough to give a pretty good review of them. You know what I'm thinking about doing? Also pairing this with this new Sony phone and maybe mm-hmm. using them with that. I'm killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. It's cool. So two things that I'm reviewing, two things that uh, listeners can look forward to us talking about in a future show and if they go well. But at least this gives you guys yeah. kind of a heads up what we're looking at, what our initial thoughts in- are. In the same vein, and this isn't the show notes, I'll, I'll put a link in there in a minute. Um, I received something from Kickstarter yesterday that I wasn't expecting to get so soon. Um, and I will be playing it with this week and talking about it next week. And it's called the Pocket Chip. Oh. Uh, you know what that is? Yeah, it's, it's that, made yeah. by Frito-Lay, right? <laughs> No, if, you know what? If I if I came on next week and did review um, potato chips, I'm sure everyone would be very surprised. Now, this is a uh, this is a Kickstarter for some people who've who've, who've done a um, kind of competitor to the Raspberry Pi, uh, and their claim to fame is the actual computer itself, the chip, um, is only nine dollars, and it's nine dollars, and yet it has more memory than the Raspberry Pi. It has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth built in. Um, it's a it's a nice little unit. The pocket chip is the same computer, but they actually did a little case for it about the size of a of a Game Boy Advance or a, a you know sorry the original Game Boy that has a keyboard, a little touchscreen on it, a battery, um, and um, it's a really neat little device. So I'm going to have a play with it this week, and um, you know it's kind of got the, the custom version of Linux and a, a little game development thing and everything. <laughs> on it and uh, I'll let you know what I think of it next week I'm looking forward to hearing about it I, that's yeah. something that I definitely would be interested in uh, with different projects I, I've talked about in the past I really want to make a smart mirror yeah uh, I haven't really done anything at all in that I, look I'm still in the midst which is kind of stalled at the moment of building my third and final iCade 
uh, with the PC. I've been playing games on the damn thing. I just don't have yeah. a screen, so it's literally the computer hooked up to a keyboard and a monitor. Um, and, and with the IK not anywhere near it. I still have to buy the screen. Once I get the screen that I'm going to use, and I'd really like to go horizontal instead of vertical, yeah, instead of vertical. But finding a horizontal screen that's decent that will fit in there and without being too small is a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, financially, it's just not high on my priority list right now. Yeah. But still, you know, if I could replace the little mini PC with something like a nine dollar computer, yeah. That's that's interesting because there are a lot of uh, Linux distributions that focus on classic gaming. So interesting. Mm. Did you say you yeah. were going to do something? I going to do something about uh, putting, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm still I'm still trying to find time to kind of play with the the Raspberry Pi, getting it all set up for. Um, Classic gaming. It's not. It's really not hard. It's. It's more a case of me finding the time to sit down and do it. I just yeah. need a couple of hours. So, um, but uh, I'll also have a look at what the retro gaming scene on this little thing is like as well. So, yeah, if it's a custom yeah. distribution, it probably isn't high up there yet. Yep. But we'll see. Yeah, that's that's the whole point, though. You stay on top of those things, and and eventually. You're going to get what you want to get. The beauty of these things is, you know, there's normally a lot of um, a lot of interest in community interest for people who who want to do cool things with it. So, so let's take our break, David. We're going to come back with a lot of feedback and uh, some interesting stories in the tech news this week. We'll be right back. This is Mark Chappell of the Essential Mac and the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And this is Carl Madden of the Mac and Forth Show podcast. You know what, Carl? Nope, never met him. But it's funny how many people ask. No, no, no. I mean, you know what we should do? Get better writers? Well, that goes without saying. No, I think we should merge. Excuse me? Rampant Mumblings, Essential Mac, Mac and Forth should merge. Sounds messy. No, no, no. It'll be good. We can still have all the incisive news, views and opinions of Rampant Mumblings and Essential Mac along with... Well, whatever Mac and Forth has to offer. Hmm. And what should we call this new monster? Uh, I mean, venture. Well, it's still essentially an Apple-related show, so why not How Do You Like Those Apples? Catchy, but does it essentially sum up what an Apple show should be about? All right, how about Get Your Apples Here, An Apple A Day, Chatty Apple, Happy Pie... Oh, oh, just Apple. No, we essentially need something that is more Apple-related. Monkey tennis. Huh? No, no, no. We just need something essentially Apple that lets people know we will essentially be discussing Apple-related things. You knuckleheads. Just call your new podcast the Essential Apple Podcast for when people have essentially run out of good podcasts to listen to. Should have gone with monkey tennis. Back here on Tech Fan Podcast 260. If uh, you'd like to reach out to us, we would really appreciate it. We love your feedback, as you're about to hear. Uh, easiest way to do it is send us an email, the show at techfanpodcast.com, or you can reach us uh, through our website, techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com, and leave a comment in the show notes. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, we are Tech Fan Podcast, and same thing on Facebook. So, David, we love feedback. We also love the fact that we have a sponsor for this episode. It's uh, MacSales.com. And a lot of people right now are looking at these new MacBooks. They seem to be selling quite well. The only issue that I have with the new MacBook, I love the size. I love the design. Uh, I've used one briefly. I think they're a nice computer. 
it's not the fastest in the world, but for the demographic of people who are interested in buying one, I think it's, I think it's fine, except it only has that one USB-C port, Mm. which could be a real, you know, a, a problem for a lot of people. If you want to plug anything else into it, especially Almost every peripheral now is USB 3 or USB 2 that you can't plug it in. Well, uh, MaxSales.com has the OWC USB-C dock, which allows you to plug in this dock to your MacBook. And let's be honest, any computer that's going to have uh, an Apple logo on it coming out in the near future is all going to have USB-C. So this is going to be forward compatible. Uh, With this dock, it gives you five USB 3 Point one port, which is everything could plug into that. I mean, right there alone, you're yeah. all set. It also gives you high speed, high speed gigabit Ethernet. Now, why would you want that? Why do you need an Ethernet port? Well, if this is going to be your work computer, there's a good chance that your office doesn't offer uh, Wi-Fi. You have to plug into the network. A lot of companies do this because they don't want accessibility to their network through Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. With this, you just plug in the Ethernet into your USB-C dock and you're on your network front facing uh, SD card reader, which is a, uh, an obvious benefit, uh, HDMI output, which is fantastic. So you can hook up a, an HDMI big TV monitor if you want a combo audio in and out port. And, uh, it's available in three colors. Basically it can match any of the three colors that the new MacBook comes in. Uh, right now it's uh, one sixty two seventy four, kind of a strange price, but they've got a sale going on. So, as yeah. you listen to this episode, it's the Fourth of July weekend here in the United States. It's actually July second when David and I are recording this. At least right now, less than one hundred and sixty five bucks can get you this really nice, award winning USB C dock. And we want to thank MacSales dot com very much for their sponsorship of Tech Fan. And I will put a link directly to this product in the show notes. So David, let's yeah. get to uh, some of the stuff that we got on the show notes, some of the stuff that we've had emailed and some Twitter comments on feedback because sure. we've got quite a bit of it. Let's start with um, Peter Benz. So Peter says, uh, David, glad you are back. So sorry for your loss. Thank you very much, Peter. I appreciate it. My thoughts and wishes are with you and your family. Be strong. Yeah. With Tim mentioning, I knew you were in a tough situation. Unfortunately, my prayers could not prevent this. I myself am also in my late 40s, and though both of my parents are still with us, you need to get prepared for the inevitable. Keep your memories. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Thank you very much, Peter. Um, funnily enough, I, you know, I, I've been back at work the last couple of weeks, and so I've been seeing people who I've not seen for a while who didn't know why I was off. And yeah, when I talk to people my sort of age and I tell them what's happened, some of them even even people who haven't had illness in their family get quite upset because I think you know people have our age and above recognize that this is something that you know potentially we're all going to have to go through well we are all going uh, to have to go through uh, uh, unless something tragically happens to us but that's right or or, you know every every now and again you you know people's parents live to 100 100 plus but um but the natural order of things is eventually children you know their parents outlive their parents and it's it's part of life we're all probably going to have to deal with it but it doesn't mean that it makes it any easier when it's you yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much, Peter, for that. Peter also said, I also totally agree with your Brexit discussion. Sad to hear the results, but I think it's the price for democracy. We have to respect the votes. 
as as much as i appreciate referendums it is always the danger of decisions made up by short-term moods fears and personal interests without reflecting long-term consequences though i didn't follow the debate within your country and all the arguments that closely i can imagine something like this to happen here in germany as well it's always the danger that all sides work with fears of the people but it's also very difficult to cover all the facts let's hope we find a, a good solution Thanks, Tim and David, and also Owen. Keep up the good, great podcasting, Peter Benz. Thank you very much. So much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely love it. Um, so then we get one from uh, Tom Schmidt via Twitter. He said, uh, isn't Brexit a non-binding referendum? There should be a way to use the upcoming election as a second referendum. Yeah, here's the thing. So, and and <laughs> I've seen a lot of feedback on Brexit. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, well... It's not. It's not binding. They don't have to do anything. Yeah, it's never a good idea to to not do the will of the people. I think that's called a dictatorship, actually. Yeah, uh, and certainly in a in a in a democracy where you have elections, then potentially it could be electoral suicide for anybody who decides to do that. Um, so you would have to be truly, truly convinced you had the good of the country at heart, and not only that, that you could then find a way of stopping somebody undoing that afterwards, because the real risk then would be, uh, so suppose David Cameron, who uh, had said, well, I'm not going to resign, and I'm going to ignore this result, because it's not the right result, and um, we're going to stay in the EU, then effectively, the next time an election comes around, which could be triggered by a vote of no confidence if he ignored a referendum, um, then the opposing party could say, well, we're, we're going to stand on the platform of we're going we're gonna to reflect the will of the people. And they would have a lot of chance of winning because basically everybody who won the referendum will probably vote for them. So it, ultimately, I'm not sure it's a, it's a positive strategy. I, I understand what, what Tom's trying to say. It's true. It's not legally binding. Um, you... Um, a referendum is, is is purely that it's a it's a, a question asked to the people and you get the result um it wasn't set up to be legally binding but having said that kind of tough and not not really the spirit of democracy to ignore it is it no no it's not unfortunately uh for those who were opposed to brexit but we do have uh, a very long which isn't surprising <laughs> yeah. email from uh our regular contributor, Brendan, who, by the way, really does need to start his own show. He does, yeah. You've clearly got a, a lot to get off your mind, Brendan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once upon a time, Brendan says, deliberate, persistent lying used to ruin the reputation of the liar, and as such acted as a restraint upon a, ma a person making outrageously exaggerated claims. Not so nowadays, as the media not only indulges blatant lies in their craziest fantasies, but shamelessly encourages them. Print media will nowadays print any nonsense, so long as it has some sort of quasi-official or quotable, quote, air quotes, source, no matter how fantastical unbelievable. So long as nobody can sue them, they don't care whether the story is fancy on steroids. Here in the UK, the print media has been driven in an ever-downward spiral into the lowest form of gust journalism, owing to the folly of allowing a billionaire cause vulgarian from Australia to further coarsen and, and corrupt our press far beyond its existing woefully abysmal standards. You don't think I'm he's talking the, about Murdoch there, do you? I, I think he might be, and I'm mm. getting the impression he's not a fan. No. Yeah. Our press has been has had been passed and corrupt well before the arrival of the 
dirty digger on our shores. The Daily Mail published the Zenovia letter, a forgery concocted purely to ensure a conservative victory in 1924. The loathsome Daily Hate Mail then went on to cover itself in even greater glory by becoming a cheerleader for Hitler during the 1930s. Today it has the world's most popular newspaper website, therefore proving thereby proving there are no consequences to suffer for being unashamed, barefaced, traitorous, lying machine. The Daily Mail isn't actually a Murdoch paper. No. Uh, but it is... Uh, a lot of people call it the Daily Fail here, because... Um, they, Not they, enough people if it's still that popular. Well, you know, they're... they're um, people uh, like to slow down and look at car wrecks. Uh, yeah, they do. And and also as well, you know, they, are, they, they wear their um, partisanship firmly on their sleeve so as do i but by the same token we don't pretend to be fair and balanced here yeah exactly that's not our mantra we're a tech show which by the way we'll get back to in a little bit yeah so anyway brendan goes on murdoch's press enthusiastically engaged in sleazy practices to lower press standards even further However, in a unique case of being found out an unspeakably violent and unethical acts of privacy invasion related to the death of a young child, it was forced by the waste of public revulsion to close down the country's biggest selling newspaper, causing many of us to throw our hats in the air and indulge in a very un-British whooping and hollering. This was a rare, in fact unique case of press overreach, if only such outcomes happened more frequently. That was um, the, the phone hacking case. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, which led to the demise of the news of the world, which was replaced by the, the Sun on Sunday, which basically the same paper. So, um, you know, so same same meat, different gravy, really. Yep. As for the broadcast media, they are far, far more terrified of being accused of bias than of broadcasting a lie. That's Bracket, true. Well, the BBC anyway. No, that, I think that's true for... Yeah, media in general. Yeah. Yep. If a crackpot story emerged about the shape of planets or the nature of the solar system, the BBC would interview a top expert from NASA who had devoted a life science ex- expertise to designing and sending scientific probes billions of miles into and beyond the reach of the outer solar system, gathering huge amounts of scientifically informative data about the nature of the universe and would then balance this factual evidence by soliciting the ignorant, uninformed, unscientific opinion of a gibbering half-wit from the Flat Earth Society. Yeah, uh, you know, there was a, a rapper that just, well, not just, but like a month ago, made headlines about he really does believe the Earth is flat. And yeah. here's the thing, nobody gave him any kind of, well, maybe he's right. I mean, he was, he was deservedly so pointed at and laughed at the whole time yeah well unfortunately uh, i mean brendan's right the bbc is desperately wedded to this idea that if they discuss everything they must have both both view viewpoints and they, they give each viewpoint equal weight even if one viewpoint is completely utterly crackpot as long as they get somebody who will give the opposing viewpoint they'll give them equal time and equal weight and that is a failure of journalism yeah it is Facts and opinions, Brendan says, are not equal, but the modern media treat them as equal. This is a huge problem in perpetuating the ill-informed ignorance of the general public. Alas, this is unlikely to improve, mainly because the so-called journalists who report such matters are themselves so undereducated and ill-informed that they are incapable of recognising the distinction between fact and opinion. Such distinctions are critical. Cheers, Brendan. Thank you very much, Brendan, for the very long email. Uh, I think we're all on the same page. I think probably most people that listen to this show is probably on the same page. But we want to be, you know, balanced here, David. So, yeah. And, and, (laughs) yeah, let's be be straightforward here. This next email is not a crackpot view. No. Yeah. 
doing that thing, yeah, this is a perfectly legit- legitimate view where Sandro, um, again, a- another long-time listener and, and um, semi-frequent uh, feedback contributor, says, it's foolish for you guys to get into politics on a tech show. No matter which side you take, you are effectively alienating 50% of your audience. Taking a so-be-it attitude is unprofessional, unprofessional and distasteful. Um, my first thing is, I, I don't think any, it's very rare that you have any issue that 50% of the audience is going to disagree with you yeah. uh, when it comes to that. Uh, I think that people generally um, are pulled towards show, a podcast anyways, that they kind of are in alignment with the viewpoints of the host. Even if it's a tech show, you, you kind of probably, if you listen long enough, and let's be honest, Dave and I have been on the air way, way long enough. To know, for you to know, and the listener—excuse me—the listeners to know what our politics are, possibly what our religions are, or lack thereof. Um, it's pretty easy to figure out. David, he's talked about it <laughs> just last week. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't worry about alienating fifty percent of the audience. What I worry about is content that I'm interested in discussion uh, of discussing regardless of who may or may not agree or disagree with me. When I start worrying about what content I should and shouldn't talk about because the audience might not like it, then I might as well not even podcast anymore. But my, my biggest problem, and I think Sandro Sandro has this a hundred percent wrong. Is he, he said that he alluded to the fact that, you know, taking a Soviet attitude is unprofessional. Who who the hell ever said we we're professional? <laughs> I, I take yeah. exception to that, Sandro. <laughs> yes, I've been podcasting yeah, eleven years, but that doesn't make me a professional. No, don't stereotype me, man. <laughs> I think it's got us nailed there. <laughs> <laughs> don't stereotype me, dude. <laughs> so yeah, I actually uh <clears throat> after getting that <clears throat> excuse me feedback from Sandro, I actually posted a question on the tech fan podcast, Twitter account uh, about, do you think that, you know, uh, it's okay to talk about politics occasionally on tech fan? Is it unprofessional? And uh, Alyssa Paselli wrote in and she said, no, uh, it's a major event where David Cohen lives and the effects are, uh, on the, and the effects that, and affects the global economy, which includes technology. Yeah, and then uh, Peter wrote at p underscore twiddler t w i d d l e r says usually no topic uh, for a tech podcast, but in this case more than appropriate due to the timely major impact, also well handled. So we've got you know uh, feedback from both sides saying you should absolutely not talk about politics, although. Here's the thing about not talking about politics, David. Technology affects politics and politics affects technology yeah. on a daily basis. And so to ignore it would be folly. By the same token, I'm not going to have Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton on the show to campaign. You know what I mean? That's not going to yeah. happen either. So there's there's really a, a fine balance. But I think that the Brexit thing was so important and was so all over the news and the fact that I'm in the U S and you're in the UK, it kind of yeah. would have felt a little bit disingenuous knowing our personalities, not to discuss it at all. 
Well, yeah, I mean, the reason we discuss it is because it's purely because of our personalities. You're right, we would have had to take a conscious decision to avoid it as a topic. Um, I, th- I think, you know, look, Sandro, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, by all means, if, if, if you find us talking about this stuff too often, let us know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm hoping we get the balance right in that this is an occasional thing. Occasionally, we go off topic. We talk about movies or superheroes or uh, games or other things that that parts of our our listenership are not really interested in. Uh, one of the beauties of podcasting is that um, if you're not interested in listening to a certain part of the show, you can just fast forward past it absolutely. or skip that episode. Um, by all means, keep us honest, Sandra, and keep doing that. If you think that we're um, we're doing this too much, then let us know again, and we'd be happy to discuss it with you further. I, I love it, feedback yeah, this, when this, they don't agree with us. I yeah, think it's fantastic. Absolutely. I, I mean, in in the only defence I would give is is um, I was pretty well. I think, like a lot of people in the UK, I was pretty flummoxed by the result, and um, it has huge consequences for the UK. Um, it will have a big impact on the tech industry. You know, the, just simple things like the value of the pound. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that comes into the tech industry comes out of the UK tech sector. Yeah. Um, Arm, for instance, is based here. Who make the, who make the smart ship, smartphone designs for pretty much every phone everyone has. So um, that's just what, now we could have we could have consciously tried to go for you know well here's here's a tech angle on on this. We didn't do that because it would have felt contrived. Yeah. Um, and one thing I think both of us try to avoid doing is doing something that's overly contrived. So um, yeah, Sandro, you won't hear about it again after this for a while, I'm sure. Um, Hold on to your hat when the uh, U.S. election comes around in November. That's all I'd say. <laughs> Next one is from uh, a listener named Sarah. Uh, yeah, Sarah says, I enjoyed your podcast episode, Acropolis, Tech Fan Podcast 74, that was released on April 27, 2012, and talks about the website Pixel of Ink. So um, Sarah's obviously been going back through the archives. Good on <laughs> you for that, Sarah. She says, I want to let you know that sadly Pixelink has shut down their operations. We run a free ser- we run a service free booksy that is similar to Pixelink and let's let you I want to let you know about it in case you want to update the page for this episode of your podcast. So here's what here's this really bit. is. It's not let's be honest, Sarah's not a listener. <laughs> Sarah was after Pixel of Ink closed down, which happened about a week and a half ago. And by the way, and I did talk about this on way back on episode number 74, because I really liked that website. It was updated once or twice a day with links to free books on Amazon. And I thought that was fantastic. I got so many free books. In fact, um, on OWC radio, I had TR Harris on who right now is one of my favorite authors. And the reason we had him on was because I initially found his first book through Pixel of Inks because it was a free book. Um, so I like the thought of, you know, especially if it's books that are in a series, they give the first book away. And yeah. if you like it, well, then you're going you're gonna to buy the next couple books in the series. And I think that's a fantastic business model. I think it's great. So I was sad to see Pixel of Ink go away. And I, I had gone to that website literally the day before I got this email and saw Pixel of Ink was done. And I thought, oh, man, that, that kind of sucks. So I put up a – I created a custom search, Google search, that looked at Amazon looking for free books. And it kind of worked, but, you know, 
it, yeah. it was kludgy. So when I got this email from Sarah, I went and I looked, and uh, the only reason I put it in here, even though it's you know a PR person reaching out trying to get some free PR, it's a really good site, David. Yeah. It, it's I bookmarked it, and I've been back every day since I got this email, and I've picked up a lot more free books. So I'll put a link into um, Free Booksy in the show notes. Uh, she also wrote, Free Booksy helps readers find great deals on discount ebooks for Kindle, Nook, and Apple. Browse our site to see each day's listings or sign up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's freebooksy.com uh, to get our daily or weekly emails with free books in your favorite genre. The best part, our service is free. It totally is free. Uh, I like that I can go right, right to the genre of books that I'm interested in, interested in which is usually uh, bio, uh, science fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not interested in romance or thrillers. I'm not a big mystery reader. Occasionally I'll Go get ahead. into it, but not usually. But their site is actually a lot better than Pixel the Links was. Yeah. It's, a, it's a nice yeah. site. So you know what? If it's something that I'm starting to use... There's your free PR, Sarah. You're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that, I'm signing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually sign up. I just I bookmarked it and I go there once a week. Because yeah. if you go with the weekly email, the problem is half the books won't be free anymore. They're only free right. for like a 24-hour period. I, I noticed oh, that a lot. Oh, they're free for a day, yeah. 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 And it, but it says right on that website, it's free as of whatever date it happens to be. Yeah. And, uh, but I've scrolled down far on these, uh, on my initial visit to their site, I scrolled down far enough where a lot of the books weren't free anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one that came from, uh, you, David, by the way, this is getting, uh, out of the feedback section. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, this is, this was a, I filed this under the Are You Kidding Me story of the week, and everybody I've told this to, you tell them, and they kind of jaw falls open, and then they go, well, that's a, that's, a, that's a gag, isn't it? It's not real. Uh, sadly, this apparently is a real proposal. So the um, this was I found this in Ars Technica. Apparently, the um, powers that be in the U.S. who run the Visa Waiver Program have um, have said that. Uh, I'm going to have to update that link, by the way, because it's not going straight to the story anymore. I've said that um, they basically are going to ask anybody filling in the visa waiver form to uh, supply them with their social media accounts for review when you're um, visiting the U.S. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It really is. I mean, it's it's so full of just – okay, number one, what if they don't? What if they say, oh, I'm not on social media? Are you? Well, are they then going the, to yeah. go searching to see if they're lying or not? And who has time to do that? Nobody. And number yeah. two, are you actually going to check? And what are you looking for? Oh, you're you're flying in and uh, to the U.S. I see that you're from uh, a Muslim background because I can see a picture of your mom, and yeah. she's clearly Muslim. And oh, look, I saw one anti-Semitic um, comment on one of your posts from one of your friends. Thus. We think you're a terrorist. I, I, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is and and the, yeah, the 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 uh, justification for this from U.S. Customs and Border Protection was that um, 
it will be an optional data field to request social media identifiers to be used for vetting purposes as well as applicant contact information. Collecting social media data will enhance the existing investigative process and provide the Department of Homeland Security greater clarity and visibility to pro- possible nefarious activity by providing an additional tool set which analysts and investigators may use to better, better analysts and investigators will may use to better analyze and investigate the case. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's just it's just a typical example of government overreach. Government um let's do something because it looks like we're doing something. Yeah. When in fact, you know, they're completely ignoring the um the implications of this, how it looks to people, uh, and also as well the fact that it doesn't make anybody is, is a prime example of security theatre, it doesn't make anybody any safer at all. All that will, will happen is that um, after somebody comes into the US who's committed some sort of uh, terrorist act is that they will, they will be able to look back at their accounts and say, oh yeah, we've got evidence for, find, for, for doing that. Uh, for them, for maybe from doing that, it won't prevent anything. No, because uh, as you say, what what probable cause could you generate from some of these social media accounts to stop them entry to the US, unless they were so blatantly um, pro ISIS or whatever? And and if, if they were, yeah, they're not really going to put their Twitter handle down on the form, are they? Bit stupid. Yeah. Uh, the next story comes with the sound effect. That is the sound of a toilet flushing. Yeah. It's also the sound of a once great product whose business model wasn't working and decided to go for broke and flush the rest of the uh, the business down the toilet. Yeah. Evernote announcing new pricing. So effectively, they're, they've upped the prices substantially for Evernote. Uh, and they also have reduced the functionality of the um, basic account, so the free account, which you've already complained about in the past that it wouldn't let you. It what what was what was the problem? It wouldn't let you store a, a note offline. No, it had, wouldn't even let me look at a note if I was. Yeah, offline. that's right. So yeah. I'm 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 an hour out. I'm on an airplane. Yeah. I'm an hour out from my destination. And I wanted to double-check what hotel I'm going to be at because I was traveling extensively at that point. And all my hotel and all the reservation, all that kind of information was in Evernote. So I launched Evernote, and it says, oh, look, you're not connected to off, uh, you're not connected to the Internet. So as a basic account holder, we don't let you see your notes unless you're connected to the, uh, to the Internet, even yeah. though it's stored locally on my phone. That's right, yeah. But, um, and that was so such now, a, now, an assault. Now- on yeah. on common sense. That's right. And now you will be limited to two devices. So basically, um, if you have more than two devices, you again won't be able to get your Evernote things. This look, this kind of using a stick to beat people up into your premium tiers is it? It's fine, I guess, if that's what you want to do. But the thing is, Evernote, uh, you know, they're not a market leader anymore, and they don't. They have competition. They, they have got competi- more competition than they've ever had before, and they yeah. just. For their premium subscribers, doubled the price. It went from four bucks a month to eight bucks a month. Yeah. And if you uh, want the plus, it's it's ten dollars more a year than it was, and the yeah. premium has gone up twenty dollars a year. Uh, and and of course, all the competitors are free. Notes.app, which is now pretty good on on iOS devices and and Macs, um, using iCloud syncing. 
no restrictions whatsoever. And if you want something cross-platform, hey, OneNote's there, and OneNote is free from Microsoft. And OneNote gives you a whole load of other stuff as well because you get a OneDrive account with that with a terabyte of free storage. I mean, it's just stupid. Look, I was in the Evernote corner for a very long time. In fact, at a Macworld Expo, I actually did a demonstration of Evernote in front of a crowd, an audience. That's how much of a fan of Evernote I was. I thought it was great technology. <laughs> I actually subscribed to the premium account at one point and got zero out of it. There was no benefit at all. So I stopped my account. Uh, as a premium account, went back to basic. But with these changes and their obvious disdain for their own customers, I literally, after you sent me this, David, I literally exported my notes, which thankfully Evernote allows you to do. I imported them into Apple's notes, which now has synced to my iPod and my iPhone. And it's fine. It works just as well almost. And I deleted Evernote from my iPhone and my Mac and my iPad. Evernote is no more. It's completely gone from my life. And I don't miss it. Yeah. You know, I posted uh, a picture of it. Uh, Evernote announces new uh, business plan with a picture of a toilet flushing. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. that's what they just did. You know, look, if they wanted to make money at this point, stop giving the app away for free. Just charge Four ninety nine for the app on, and maybe nine ninety nine for the the Mac app and the PC app. Right, yeah. the app is just no longer free. You have to buy the app. Fine, people would have done that, but trying to hit them up for double the amount. Are you kidding me? Ten or eight bucks a month for the premium a month when Notes on Microsoft is free, Notes on iOS and the Mac is free. They're they're out of their mind. And really, if, if it's, you know, I was using it for uh, attachments that I would get via email for subscriptions. Occasionally, oh. I would find a recipe that I wanted to keep because I'm the cook of the family. It, yeah. it, it was it was notes. It was documents. I could just use, I don't know, uh, Dropbox for that. Yeah. Write it in, in a, a text edit document, save it to my Dropbox, and it's searchable on my Mac, on my PC, on my iOS. It's you can search Dropbox on your Android. It makes no sense for for Evernote to cut off their own nose to spite their face. It, the, it's look, stupid. This, yeah, this is the problem with kind of this software as a service. I have no, I have no issue with a company trying to make money. No. Yeah, uh, I have no issue with a company charging a decent price for a good service. The problem with this is they're upping the charges. The service is the same. There's been no improvements. Yeah, they've not made it any better. They've just basically made it more expensive. And they've also discouraged people getting in on the free tier. Okay? Now, at this stage in Evernote's life, they're a, um, a VC-funded uh, company. Obviously, they're trying, to, they're trying to make money back. But this is not the way to do it. Not when you have powerful free alternatives to uh, to you you're basically what you're doing this strategy is you know what we're not going to grow anymore so let's price gouge out of our existing customers as long as we can in the hope that they will stick with us with inertia and not switch to something else before we yeah? get bought out or go under business yeah I'm and they're not going to get bought out i know not like this or not no i'm surprised that i'm surprised that um they still let you export the notes because the next stage of this strategy is to lock people in by saying, "Oh, you can't get the notes out of the system. So if you want access to them, you better get better keep paying us." Yeah. 
I mean, it, you well, know, the, it, no, it, to export the notes would be a premium subscription option. Yeah. But you know, it, it really is. It's 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 not a great business practice, and you know, it's kind of a shame for something that's. And you know, you know what they, they should do? It, Dropbox should buy them, make it completely free service, completely, and just roll that app out as that's the app for Dropbox. Anything that's in your Evernote is also in your Dropbox. That so would make a lot of sense. Now, here's the problem. Still there? Looks like we lost David. And he was saying, here's the problem with that. So, I'll uh, hang up with David on uh, Skype, see if I can bring him back in. If not, I'll just uh, do the show, finish up on my own. So let's see if he answers. Never know. Gotta love Skype. Maybe Dropbox should buy Skype from Microsoft and make it to uh, a worthwhile app. Nope, David's not answering. So we'll wait for him to call back. In the meantime, I've got two more things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, the next one really kind of bummed me out. This is a new story from Touch Arcade. Star Wars Rebels recon missions pulled from the App Store and shutting down completely July 28th. Yet again, Disney is uh, abandoning an app that, look, they just did this with Disney Infinity, right? But here's a, here's a, a game that was actually a, a pretty good game, had a lot of in-app purchases, and they're, comp well, here comes David. Are you there, David? Yep. All right. I moved on. I'm talking about Star Wars Rebels Recon Mission. Okay. Um, again, Disney has already pulled something like this by effectively stop support completely and selling um, Disney Infinity. And here they are again, an app that was free but heavy in in-app purchases. And they're pulling it from the App Store. And they're shutting it down completely July 28th. Now, people say, well, you know, as long as you've got a copy, you can continue to play it. Guess what? No. no. Once they turn this off, you can't even play the game anymore. So any money that you've spent to unlock new missions and characters and stuff like that, gone. You don't even have the ability to play the game at all. I think this is horrible. Yeah. I and they've already said they're not doing any refunds. Yeah. So, uh, well, so if a day before this news came out, you spent twenty bucks on in-app purchases in this game. Well, you got about a month to play it, and then you just flushed your money right yeah. down the toilet. Yeah, you know this is this is becoming the app store writ, writ large. The problem with with freemium is that is that we're all under the impression that you buy the game for free, uh, you get the game free, and then you use the in-app purchases, and you think, oh, okay, so I'm now I'm buying it. I might be buying it through in-app purchase rather than buying it up front, but I am buying it. No, you're not. When you use in-app purchase, you're effectively paying a subscription. Yep. That's what that's what it is in the mind of the executives, and so they feel they can pull it at any time and pull the support and both say, "Well, you know, yeah, but you were just paying to use it then, and we've we've got that money now, and it's we have no they they feel they owe us nothing, and and so they do. This has got to be addressed yeah. eventually. Yeah. I mean, by the way, uh, I checked. Bioshock still not, not been updated, right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, just to hop back to an earlier version of this. <laughs> it, it's, and you would think, look, this is Disney; they're not going to screw people over. Yeah, they are, and they have, and they're continuing to do so. And there doesn't seem to be any backlash against them for doing so. So, shame on you. The, yeah, the 
the, unfortunately the problem is the app store is so large and there are so there's always more apps to play with than there are to uh you know there was, there's always something else to play with so people don't really they just kind of suck it up and they don't really get upset about it last story and we talked about this on the essential apple podcast quite a bit and uh I think you and I will probably be on board with what this really is. Apple granted patent, by the way, this is from 9to5Mac. Apple granted patent for a way to stop iPhones from taking photos at concerts or sensitive locations. On the surface, it doesn't sound like a bad idea. It's a horrific idea. Yeah. That the, anybody could set up one of these things so you can't take a picture somewhere. Now, I, I understand why artists in a concert don't want people videotaping or taking pictures while they're performing. I get it. Although I think it's short-sighted and, and pretty stupid. However, just because Apple patented this idea does not mean that it, it's going to roll out into any iPhone in the future. I am 90% certain that Apple is not going to incorporate this into an iPhone because a, the backlash would be massive and B they don't control the whole cell phone market. Android would still be able to do this, right? Well, also as well, they've patented this now. That means nobody else can do it. Well, they patented the <laughs> hell out of the iPhone when it came out. Steve Jobs even said so on stage when I was yeah, sitting there in my Scone Center listening to him. And yet... I know. But but uh, face it, any and the, unless a large company sets up a um, the technology to do this... You know, kind of the, the basically the, the the patent uses effectively a infrared emitter that kind of blocks the the, the sends signals to the um, to the phones that they interpret and then block them. Actually, there is another way you could do this, which is you'd actually just flood the area with infrared light because the um, the sensors in the phones are much more sensitive to infrared than than our eyes are, and basically they would just wash the pictures out as well. Yep. But I, I, I read this, and I, I think, well, this is Apple saying, okay, we're going to patent this so nobody else can do it, and if anybody wants to try and do something like this, then they know that we're going to come after them Yeah, uh, with our resources. That's what and, I think it is as, yeah. as well. I, look, I can understand some place like the Pentagon don't want you to be taking photos and video inside the building. I get it. But that's not what this is about. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, hysteria over the fact that Apple patented this. A lot of people yeah. thinking they're going to build this into iPhone. They're not. Apple is not going to 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 go down that route. I, I mean, I'll tell you. I I know one area of of um, civilization where where they would love to have this, and that's the police. Sure. The police don't like being videoed. Nope. Yeah. There was there was a case this week where a, a, a officer pulled his gun on somebody who was videoing him. Yeah. Uh, they don't like it because they don't like being held accountable. Um, and they don't like what's happened as a result of them being held accountable. So they'd love to have something equipped in a squad car, which basically... You well, let's not, let's not paint too broad of a, a, a picture there. The uh, if, narrow if, the down. if the technology existed, then you know full well it would be deployed in that manner. Cause, yeah, cause, but not every cop has a problem. Most cops are good cops. No, they don't mind but, if you're recording them. I, I agree You're going to get that. bad you apples. Know, I mean, If you've got a company that can sell to police police departments... And say, hey, look, yeah, we've got technology to stop you getting sued with frivolous lawsuits. Yeah. Yeah. I can see police departments going for that. Yeah. Unfortunately, so, well, no, I don't think exists. they would because what's really popular now is police officers wearing body cams. And they're saying the same thing that the public is saying. It's there for their protection to prove 
this guy was showing a gun even though we didn't find one after we shot him or for evidence gathering. So cameras are here forever. We're never going to get rid of them at this point. Apple is not going to put this technology into a phone that would effectively give venues the ability to block camera use. It's not going to happen. Don't worry. Everyone relax. This is just Apple protecting intellectual property. And maybe what David said is true as well, blocking other companies from deploying this type of thing without knowing or knowing that Apple is going to sue their pants off if they try. Yeah. So with that, we're going to wrap up this a little bit longer episode of Tech Fan. We want to thank you guys for listening. Encourage you to write in. Again, it's Tech Fan Podcast or the show at techfanpodcast.com. Go to any of the URLs mentioned to leave a comment there. Follow us and uh, give us feedback on social media, Twitter and Facebook. And we will be back in one week for our last in-studio show before David and I head to the Chicago, Illinois area for MacStock, where we'll record episode 262 uh, together. (laughs) Hey, and at least one episode where we won't be stifled by Skype issues. There you go. (laughs) We'll see you guys in a week. Bye.